This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, before we get any further, I have to say I listened back to last week's episode. I always listen to an episode even after we've recorded it. It's very, uh-huh. it's very strange, but it's you know you sort of there's no surprises really. I do remember what I said usually because I <laughs> tend to listen the next day. Sometimes uh, I think about uh, listening to the podcast back is a little bit like looking at myself in the mirror naked. <laughs> Right, exactly. Yeah, you're like you can be a, you can be harsh, or if you're in a good mood, you're like you you're, you forgive yourself, you know. Yeah. But I never I'm never happy, you know. I never I never like listen back and I'm like, oh, we just nailed this one. There's always sure looking you know, good, Brandon. Looking real good. It's like true of everything in my life. So, um, but I did listen listen back, and I felt like I I went a little too hard on your team last week on the podcast. I was I was teasing you a, a little too much. Um, I was being a bit of a bully, I think. So, uh, Brandon, this is my, my formal apology to you. Uh, there'll be no bullying of your team this game week. Wow, that's incredible. Thank you, Josh. Um, You're welcome. For you to do that live on the podcast <laughs> it means means double. Just, I'm just reading the script you wrote here, Brandon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, well, it, particularly in this day and age, it's it's good for us to underline that we hate bullying, particularly when it comes. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, there are, there are in much the grander during the boardroom. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and and somewhere in between lies FPL. So yeah, we we'll keep always cheating a safe space. <laughs> yeah, that should be our tagline. Somewhere between the playground and the boardroom lies this podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so a lot, a lot has changed since we last podcast. Since you last bullied me, Josh, we have our yeah. first double game week announcement. Yes, we're uh, suiting up for another round of midweek fixtures. So much going on. That's true. I, I brought in Eden Hazard. I got six points from three players in the first game week of the week, and I still ended up on a green arrow. So that's that's always a positive it, thing. It's a testament to actually getting the captaincy right, which has happened so yeah. infrequently this season. So yeah, we yeah. both we both capped Kane and and reaped the benefits, and I think a lot of people out there did. So even though on the last week's podcast you you made fun of me a lot for for saying that I thought I was going to end up captaining Kane, 
I knew by the time Friday rolled around, I would have bet my life that you were captaining Kane. I, <laughs> did you even hesitate? What What was the? I knew. I just knew it. And it turns out, like basically everyone in our in our own little mini league got Captain Kane as well. And what was yeah. the rationale? Was it the snow? Was it the um, the Stoke defense? What, what convinced it, you? If, if it was the Stoke defense, but. Because captaincy choices have been so fraught this season and so hard to get right, I am so susceptible to the uh, groupthink right sure. now when it comes to armbands. And look at Kane. If you if you notice that the top managers uh, who all listen to Always Cheating are looking to armband Kane, the ceiling on Kane is so high, and then that fear factor of missing out, um, which which would have come true this game week with his brace. Uh, it it really scares me, and that's how I ended up coming to Kane. I I probably would have armbanded Sala just just as I had said last yeah. week on the pod. Ultimately, wouldn't have made that much of a difference. You know, no, not, yeah, a, one, not a huge one, one point difference. difference. Yeah, but I, it it was much more happy making to have the captaincy successfully resolved on Saturday. Yeah, um, and we, we can talk about how I think we mentioned this last week. It's sometimes fun to have the captain on Sunday as opposed to Saturday because. Depending on how things go on Saturday, you always have that to look forward to the following day. Yeah. Alternatively, if the captain hits on Saturday, everything goes right. You're a lot more relaxed going into Sunday. Yeah, I, I ultimately, you know, part of it too. What you know, I guess the the snow was a factor. I mean, although that wouldn't have made too much of a difference because I would have just vice captain Kane if I if I didn't captain him. But um, I think the big factor was I just felt like Everton were playing a little better um, the last couple of game weeks. Seems like you know I know Allardyce has only officially been in charge for one week, but uh, I guess two now. Um, but I just I, I didn't necessarily see Liverpool blowing them out. It was a derby game too, so um, there was there was just enough risk there of it not being a high scoring game. Yeah. Um, you know, for me to ultimately not pick all. In, in the end, you know, I actually in a way I feel like I could have ended up making the wrong choice because he almost had a brace. Excuse me. Uh, early in the uh, second half, he. Uh, uh, You're talking about head, Salah. Salah, yeah, he had yeah. a headed goal that just barely, <laughs> yep. barely missed. Yep. Um, so yeah, so I ended up finishing on uh, 62 points all told. Uh, it was enough for me to jump up to the uh, 28k in the world, which uh, is uh, kind of a nice jump after I fell back last week. So um, top 30, uh, th- top 30k that is, um, and it looks like I'm about 20 points above average. It was really my. I mean, I didn't get any. <laughs> you know, it was what really were your was, moves this week. Yeah, so I had your transfers. Yeah, so I made two transfers. I brought in uh, Dominic Calvert Lewin, who, of course, I left on my bench foolishly for Charlie Daniels. Uh, in my defense, Crystal Palace hadn't scored in two matches in a row, um, and Bournemouth had kept clean sheets in two of their last three. So I, I, you know, I think there's this tendency to like, you know, we're all geniuses with the benefit of hindsight. You know, like once the results are done, it all it all makes so much logical sense. But um, I thought it through. I thought it was a reasonable move. Uh, so uh, it was really it was it was uh, Stephen Ward and uh, Fabianski who who kind of carried my team outside of Kane, who I did captain and and Mo Salah. But those like almost don't count in a way because so many people, um, you know, in the in the Super League and, and elsewhere, um, you know, have those two players and a lot of them captain Kane too. Um, it was still you know captain Kane still felt like a bit of a differential pick because um, enough people did have Morata and Hazard. 
Um, obviously, a lot had Sala too. Um, some had uh, Aguero, you know, who didn't uh, didn't play a minute. So it was an interesting, interesting. That match. was shocking to me. I thought for sure that Pep was going to bring Aguero on at some point around the 75th minute just to try and push for that third goal. Yeah, I thought maybe he was injured. It was very, it was very surprising. I mean, I know that Jesus has played a lot of the away fixtures. Uh, you know, for Man City this season, but that was that is, I mean, uh, yeah, that was that was strange. It, it really was, and I think the stat was that Aguero has scored in every fixture that he's played for Man City at Old Trafford. I know so. it was so okay. Your game week, I want to talk. And this is not it's not teasing or bullying. I swear. Okay. Walk me through how you felt when you found out that you lost the De Bruyne assist. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was not a just assist. I will say. Yeah, so it's it's a weird it's a weird story of emotions, right? So De Bruyne takes the corner and there is a clear like big deflection off Lukaku to Silva and I'm like, "Well, that's unfortunate because I could have gotten an assist from De Bruyne and now right. I won't." Then right. I go to right. our um our favorite site for live bonus points um a new pla.net Mm-hmm. And I see that De Bruyne has been credited with the assist. And it, it was, how do you explain it? I, I was. Tears, <laughs> joy. <laughs> I was happy. And, but, I, but I felt it was undeserved. And mm-hmm. I felt like I was kind of getting away with something. So ultimately, when it was taken away, um, and let's be clear, when it, at, when it was taken away after the game, I was already kind of miffed that De Bruyne didn't come away with anything else. He had a couple of good looks at goal, a really nice save from De Gea um, on a left-footed shot from De Bruyne. And my game week was just kind of mediocre as it was. I ended up on 56 points, so 56 as opposed to 59. It, and it wouldn't have been enough for me to win the head-to-heads that I lost against you or our friend Toby in our mini-league. Yeah. So ultimately, and I still ended up with the green arrow, which I haven't had in, since like three weeks ago. Yeah. So it it doesn't change the story totally. Uh, it does make it much more difficult for me to keep this logic going of justifying keeping De Bruyne in my starting <laughs> 11. I know. I Yeah, you and I had a little like... Um, I, I, when I drunkenly like two weeks ago, I was like, I, I, I was like, you gotta get rid of De Bruyne. I think you said De Bruyne is a problem. He's a problem. Um, so, but I, you know, he has played like every game somehow. He's he's completely rotation proof. So you yeah. you saved your transfer. I mean, you have to be at least thinking about De Bruyne to Hazard, right? Is that is that on the table or what? What are, what are yeah. you thinking with your two transfers? Yeah, so um, to go from a minus eight to saving, um, it's just like a total one eighty, and then to get it, it just goes to show you like how uh, burning points is a total crapshoot. Yeah, um, you're. I mean, you are right that De Bruyne is a problem be, for me for this for chief chiefly this reason. He has now become like the most pr- precious thing in my team, and I. Not because he's doing really gangbusters for me, but I feel like he's my one differential, so to speak, with the highest ceiling. Yeah. And and there is this temptation to to just think that De Bruyne is going to come good in some sort of miraculous way that's going to push me up a few rankings uh, game week to game week. So he is a problem because the the natural move would be to turn him into Hazard. So with that in mind, what I'm actually thinking now is... If we, do you just want to talk about my transfers here at the start? Sure, let's do it. 
All right. So here, the big thing that I'm thinking of doing is only spending one of my two frees and turning Rob Elliott into Perea, the backup Manchester United goalkeeper who's 3.9. Mm-hmm. I feel like I don't have any huge problems, uh, per se, to solve in my team going into the midweek fixtures. Sané is um, his, he's way out of form. So that yeah. is that is kind of a problem that I need to resolve. But it looks like I can count on Sané to play midweek, and it's against Swansea. So right. why not ride it out? I'm, I'm going to lose value on Yeah, it's kind of hard to drop any, like, to, even making, like, a lateral Man City move before the Swansea game seems kind of uh, like a waste of a transfer or something. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah. So Sané to Sterling or even Sané to Silva. Um, a lot of people uh, are talking about Silva now because he's back-to-back goals, but his goal output this season has not been terrific. So I think there are much better options than David Silva. And I'm wondering if I can wait until Pogba is back on the market and bring Pogba in for, in for Sané. So, so anyway, this, point, this, is, this is like a value thing then, right? Because Elliot's about to fall, it looks like. Yeah, it's a little bit like what I was talking about last week with Loftus-Cheek. And a part of me burning eight was just to bring in Loftus-Cheek at 4.5. Because what is the point of Loftus-Cheek at 4.6? It's, it's a total, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. A total psychological that, that's, thing. That's the same rationale that kept me from bringing in Andrew Sermon, like... Uh, six weeks ago or something. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, I don't want him at 4.7. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you no, missed out. Yeah, I have missed out. He's, he's on, a, what, let's see, five, six, three, two, seven, five. the last six fixtures. He's like the best sub-5 million player you can get. Yeah. So here I am with Rob Elliott. A lot of us have Rob Elliott. You have Rob Elliott. He's going to drop in value tonight. We're recording on Sunday evening. And... Uh, I'm never going to play Rob Elliott. If I'm starting De Gea every week, regardless of the fixture, right? why not take an opportunity to just dump him and actually put point two in the bank? doesn't sound like a heck of a lot of money, but it could come in useful later on. Yeah, no, that does make sense. Um, so if Here's, you already made the move, I mean, the clock is ticking, Brandon. The it clock is, is ticking. It'll probably tick over while we're, while we're recording. So um, you might pop the, in and the, make the move. The issue, the issue that I know I will regret <laughs> later on is... Um, to head two Manchester United goalkeepers, I only have one United spot left in my team. What happens at some point in the future? Um, I need to get Lukaku and a United midfielder in because that is a conceivable thing that could happen. It's maybe, uh, maybe like a double a double yeah. game week or something like that. Probably wild carding into that situation. That's true. That's true. That's an interesting uh, wrinkle. That is true. Uh, I don't know. That's a tricky one, Brandon. That said, okay, here, let me run one more um, thing by you. Okay. I could turn Sané into Hazard going into the midweeks fixtures, but I'd have to lose Morata. And I'd down, I would downgrade Morata to Roberto Firmino. And no. I know that is it's silly. It's a unique move. I, I don't know if that's silly. I think that's that's it, it's an interesting move. We'll, we'll yeah. talk about Morata later. So let, let's get into... Murata will come up later on in the podcast. So let's let's move into that. I think that's an interesting move, though. Um, so you'd burn four to do that. Well, no. If I I have two free, so oh, I can right, right. I can do I do the one. I, yeah. yeah. If I I'd have to keep Rob Elliott, but then I can do Sane and Murata both out for Hazard and Firmino. Yeah. All right, this, if this is hard for me to wrap my head around, I'm sure it is for everybody else. So we'll. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking I am playing four, five, six dimensional chess. People, keep up. Just try to keep up. 
All right. Well, those those all seem like logical moves. I I'm for me. I'm, I'm probably gonna. I might actually take this week to finally resolve my um, my long simmering Chalaba problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been trying to get him out forever. It looks like he's like he's like a setback in his recovery. Chalaba is never going to play a single minute in my team, even though he's been sitting at the end of the bench just losing money for, he, forever. He, it's like. He's like the Emmanuel Adebayor at Crystal Palace on your team. He's just chilling in the weight room, eating his corn muffins, yeah. not doing any work for you. Just get him so, out of there. So on this podcast, we, we're basically, we basically have one big topic we're going to get to in a minute here, which is uh, always cheapies, we're calling it. And these are value forwards, midfielders, and defenders. We're about to run into a... We're basically the festive holiday period is here, Brad. It's officially here. Um, maybe it started this weekend. Maybe it starts this Tuesday. I don't really know when when it when it counts. But we've got midweek. It started this snowing. Week. I think that's got to count for something. <laughs> it's got to count festive. for something. Yeah, it was it was very attractive TV this morning too, wasn't it? With all the all the snow, it was beautiful. Yeah. So we've got midweek fixtures this week. Fixtures next weekend, uh, and then you know four fixtures in in two weeks. Basically, it's just it's just nonstop. So. A lot, a lot happening, uh, and we're going to talk about value players because uh, you really want as, as close as you can get to 15 starters. You really want to have them, right? Um, you know, going into this fixture list because in many cases you have games, you know, two days apart, and you know certain players, you know, the Phil Joneses of the world are just not going to play um, yeah. two games in three days. You know, it's like a lot of these players aren't going to play two games in three days, and you need to have. You know, players in your bench can come in and at least pick up two points for you, right? Because you know, two points here, two points there. Um, yep. You know, can really add up at the end of the season. So, absolutely. yes, absolutely. Yeah, and ideally, without burning too many points to do it either. You don't want to just, you know, a, a minus eight to bring in players who start. I mean, you might, you may never recoup that. You know, there's, there, there's something not, that's uh, damaging to the morale. Not fielding a full eleven game week to game week. So we're, we're with this with this with your morale in mind. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to try to boost some morale here. Uh, I've even pulled some stats. I tried to do an actual. I, I, there might be some actual knowledge in this game, Brandon. It's a in, in, in this podcast. It's a a little bit of a change from uh, what we what we typically do around here. Well, we'll see about that. I, we'll I, see, yeah. I, we'll I, see. I might I might be able to deflate your expectations there. <laughs> yeah, I did like what I sent you the running order. I said you might actually want to look at these questions this time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. So uh, reminders before we get into it, Brandon, I had a lot of fun this weekend. Um, so we started a, a Slack account for our Patreon supporters. You can support the podcast. By the way, this is this is this is pledge month, Brandon. This is December pledge month. Yeah. If you enjoy if you enjoy the podcast, and you've got a couple extra bucks. Maybe you got a holiday bonus. Um, maybe you just you can maybe you just want to support the podcast. You know, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, if you if you never want to, that's that's OK. That we're, we're fine with that as well. But if you can. Uh, Patreon.com slash always cheating, multiple, multiple pledge levels, and uh, there's three total. And two of the three you get access to our private Slack channel. You can hang out with us and a bunch of, it's just a really smart, nice group of people uh, with a really awesome uh, rant and rage thread uh, <laughs> yeah. that I was really enjoying this weekend. Uh, there was a lot of rage, uh, a lot of Hazard captors and others, and it was, it was a good place to vent. And, you know, Twitter. Twitter, the venting, it all gets lost. You know, it's like you vent and then there's 80 more tweets and it gets lost. But, you know, you vent on Slack and it's just there for everyone to see. It's very satisfying. In as perpetuity, the yeah. It is, exactly. So it's, it's based, Slack is basically a private chat room um, and it's got a bunch of different channels and uh, it's a lot of fun. So if you want to, uh, to do that, um, we're live chatting during matches. And uh, I'm actually, um, I have this Wednesday off. So, you know, as... 
uh, as an American, these midweek games can be very t- uh, tricky. But uh, you and I are getting oysters on Wednesday afternoon, and I'm going to watch <laughs> games afterwards. I'm going to try to get you to come with me. I'm just even cancel your afternoon meeting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you, you know it. how my boss. Everyone listening knows how my boss feels about my <laughs> FPL team, anyway. So I'm sure to, he'd yeah, understand. You might need to invent a sick cat or something. <laughs> uh, so uh, Patreon.com/slash Always Cheating is how you can support the podcast. And yeah, I is, just want to. I just yeah. want to chime in real quick about our pledge month. We have a new button design actually that we made that we're going to post to the Patreon page this week. So if you want to support at the highest level on Patreon, we're going to have a new button design. So check out the Patreon page to see what the design is. What do you think of the design, Josh? I I love the design. I think it's really cool. And um, if you are a Patreon supporter at the highest level uh, and you want these new buttons, we'll actually send you a new button. Um, Just um, just send us a little email to hail cheaters or tweet us or whatever. And uh, that's a that'll be a thank you to our longtime Patreon supporters. Oh, yeah, for for sure. And the, 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 the button itself is kind of a blast from the past of. One of the most memorable FPL seasons uh, in, in recent memory. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we also have a newsletter. We, we started a lot of stuff this week. Uh, the <laughs> newsletter busy. is called it's called Cheat Codes. Uh, we already have a, a lot of subscribers, way more than I was expecting, um, which is which is awesome. And um, for anyone who subscribed and, and doesn't really even know what it is yet, we're still kind of figuring it out. We want it to be want it to be useful and and sort of topical and. And it's kind of has like the latest news. You know, the podcast comes out on you know Sunday or Monday. Something happens, you know, breaks during the week. We want to be able to cover it in this newsletter. Uh, and we also, uh, I have this, I, I had this idea for it that I thought we'd have three good links each week. Just three links. They can be fantasy related. They can be just interesting soccer articles. Uh, but if you have links that you want us to share, um, this can be stuff you created or just stuff that you read that you thought was really great and that you you know think should get a wider audience. Um, then you know message us on Twitter or or Facebook or whatever um, and let us know because um, you know we'll do another one of those later this week. And in the newsletter, we're also featuring what we're going to talk about a little bit later, the always cheapies. And the rule for this starting 11 in our newsletter each week is that the cheapies are only players from teams outside of the the so-called top six. Right. So no United, no City, no Arsenal, no Spurs, no Liverpool, no Chelsea. And uh, our always cheapies from this week's cheat codes scored 46 points that's not bad even with a, a, a very solid yeah captain on captain on uh, vardy which didn't work out but 46 we have to be proud of that should have kept it on charlie austin that's what you had suggested and i i called an audible there <laughs> um yeah so uh check that out oh and just I'll, I'll throw in a free a free little bonus bit of information here brandon because i am available on wednesday um, and just watching matches. Um, anyone who wants to play me in starting eleven, uh, just message us on on Twitter, and um, that's that's you know starting eleven daily fantasy. And I'll take on anyone who wants to play. Let's let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. And just about the newsletter, if you want to sign up, just go to alwayscheating.com, and there is a, a place right there to plug your email, and it's very simple to sign up. Yep, exactly. So, uh, Brandon, uh, so the new game week starts in two days. Uh, question here from FPL Stag. He says, uh, who should we all worry about getting rested? Uh, could it be the whole Chelsea team? It's an interesting one. I mean, Murata has been playing nonstop. He is a big worry of mine. I, I Obviously, Conte doesn't like Bachwai very much, though. He's just coming back from injury. He could play Hazard up front and, and rest Murata. But he's the one from the Chelsea squad that I have my eye on. 
Yeah, I think it's uh, it's really tricky to um, it's it's easier, you know, to figure out who's going to play than it yeah. is. To, you know, like we know that Coutinho will Coutinho and Firmino are, are almost certain to start at midweek. Right. I'd be stunned if they didn't start. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, other players who were arrested. Um, I'm trying to think of um, I feel like there were a couple over the on Saturday, too. Who I'm just forgetting now. But players who, you know. It's it's really hard. To, even a team like Man Man City, I mean, it's it's just not clear, you know, who's going to um, who's going to be arrested for them, right? I mean, you know, if you told me that Jesus was subbed off at the 58th minute, I would have thought that either he and Aguero started together or Aguero came on when he was subbed. Yeah, um, I didn't think they would just go with a strikerless, <laughs> you know, formation. Yeah, we we just have to get out of that game altogether in terms of predicting Aguero or Jesus. It's just yeah. it's it's in, it's unpredictable. Can't do it. Yeah. So to answer the question, I, I don't really, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe Murata, uh, possibly Salah, right? I guess there's a chance that, you know, he did play the full 90 of the Champions League and then he played about 65 minutes today. Um, yeah, I the do fact think that he subbed that, off makes me feel a little more confident he'll start. Yeah. I mean, can we talk about how kind of naive Klopp's management of that game was? And I, we, we could argue about how that team has performed while resting Coutinho and Firmino. They've, they've done fine in other fixtures. But then to, to on a one-goal lead, just take your, your talismanic figure off the pitch, I would assume he's only doing that because he wants to play him midweek. So that's, how, that's uh, yeah, how I feel. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, you're probably right. Although he did run a lot. He played a lot of the midweek. Maybe, maybe he felt like he was flagging a little bit. I, I, I don't know. But it was... It was yeah that that game was uh they, they, I just feel like and maybe this is just how I feel it just seems like Liverpool have followed up so many of their like seven goal games with like one one draws or you know I don't know nil nil draws yeah uh, it's I feel like they they never destroy teams twice in a row you know yeah. I mean I don't know maybe that's someone could pull a stat and they they won you know two games five five zero this this season but. Uh, it doesn't feel that way. It feels like they they run into like a Burnley the next week and then they you know draw on one or something. Hey Josh, I have one quick other question for you about the Merseyside Derby. Uh, what song was Sam Allardyce listening to on repeat on that, uh, that headset? <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. I bet it was like it was like one of those like English songs that like remember like when Paul McCartney would. Uh, you know, do a song like "Oh Honey Pie" or whatever, and uh-huh. it was supposed to be like a reference to like some song that he heard in the '40s, you know, in his childhood or whatever. Well, obviously, uh, that's the uh, kind of music I think he's listening to. He's listening to "Oh Honey Pie" because he just he legendarily loves pie. <laughs> makes him feel really good. <laughs> he just plays. He just plays the Beatles "Honey Pie" just on, on a loop. Yeah, or or or, uh, or "Flaming Pie," the other Paul McCartney like solo album. All sorts of pie yeah. related. So it's like a whole playlist related to pie. <laughs> That's true. Uh, all right, Brandon. The uh, always treating Super League top ten. Uh, I'll do it this week. Um, number ten, Kalishi's clean sheets. Fabio Borges back in the top ten. Uh, number nine, Yogi's Picnic Basket, Jorgen Rogeberg, Rogeberg, perhaps. Nice. Uh, two Girls, One, sh- one Schlup, Andrew Ferguson in eighth. Uh, the Art of the Dive, Marco Rain in seventh. I think that's a new entry, Brandon. The top yeah, we 10. haven't seen Marco before, to my knowledge. Love the yeah. love the team name. Very, very uh, artful. It is. It's more words than you typically see in a team name. I'm impressed you got five words in there. Uh, Enter Shakiri by Scott Powell is in sixth. Uh, Berbashoff, good name. Uh, Andre Bergstrom in uh, fifth. 
D-Boy United. I know what D-Boy means, Brandon. Uh, in fourth, uh, I make dough, but don't call me dough boy. <laughs> four twenty. I actually don't know what D-Boy means. Uh, four four twenty. Fedora Fanatics. Uh, we'll see. Is in third. Uh, football friend FC. Nick Tudhope in second. And the uh, number one this week. Uh, Bob Fascio. Abdul Hudson is is in first place. Uh, with six six points. Welcome to the uh, always cheating Super League, Abdul. Um, and I think that he is. Um, he broke into one. Yeah. He's got a, a thousand and six points. Thousand and six points, and he is ranked ninety eight overall. So uh, nice to have anybody from someone from the top one hundred in our league, Brandon. Yeah. Uh, but we welcome all comers, uh, whether you're five millionth or ninety eighth. Uh, come join our league. If you're above ninety eighth, <laughs> don't join because you make us feel bad. <laughs> Maybe no, you're you like can join me. Too. Maybe you're like me, and you're ranked somewhere around six hundred thousand. <laughs> Exactly. You, you can still join the Always Cheating Super League. Oh. Just go to alwayscheating.com, click the League tab. There's an auto-join button there, and uh, the League code is all over our social media. So do exactly. it now. Exactly. Uh, two rants before we take a quick break. Uh, Jorgen Orstad Johnson. I like this one so much, I actually told my wife this one. Um, she she laughed a little bit. You know, I'm you sure can't, she did. Yeah, FPL humor doesn't really... Doesn't really translate, does it? Your uh, Erson Johnson says, uh, I took a hit to swap Kane out and Hazard in. Do I have any reason to live? It was a minus eight. If I continue to live, what have I learned? <laughs> I think, I think Yoran, you have learned about the, the chaos theory that uh, Dr. Ian Malcolm goes into in, in great detail in Jurassic Park. And the uh, new, apparently, Life Finds a Way is in the new <laughs> Jurassic Park trailer. <laughs> so, you know, there's there's just no legislating for this, Jordan. You you just have to move on. Put the past behind you. It never yep. happened. Exactly. Don, so like, Dra- like Don Draper. Don Draper. <laughs> exactly. Don Draper talking to Peggy Olsen. Yep. Um, yeah. And, you know, you can't look at a hit in a vacuum. Now, I, I would never have taken Kane out for a hit. I will I will admit. So, Yoran, you and I don't play the game the same way. Um that's all right, though. That's okay. You know what? Peter Blake took out Harry Kane this week, too. And um, when Kane scored that first goal, I thought, ooh, that's tough for Peter. Because he was <laughs> it's very I, – we like Peter a lot. He was on, you know, a Patreon podcast. and Love He's a really nice guy. Uh, but he, like, was very much like, I am going for it this year. I'm going to try a new strategy. I'm going to take Kane. And I, I have, like – I was all in on it. I mean, I didn't think it was going to work, but I was, I was all <laughs> in. Just because I, I like the creativity. I like when people don't, you know, go with the template. It's just – it's just like, maybe it doesn't work, but, like, it's kind of boring to play the same way all the time, you know? Yeah. And – um, it's a problem I've actually I've actually tried to be a little a little more boring this year, uh, and it's actually helped my team. But I, yeah. I still think that um, that at least finding your you know picking your spots you know finding ways to be creative. Yeah. One one uh, other rant we have here, Josh yeah. from Ian Wilson, who says stayed at an overall rank of 18k for three straight weeks, then missed the cup qualification. So I guess this bears mentioning is that the. Scores this week in game week 16 determined who made it into the FPL Cup on the site. And you had to make it. I think people are estimating on Reddit, I saw at least over 35 points. You're probably guaranteed a spot in the FPL Cup. You know, I have to admit, I've never cared about the FPL Cup. 
Uh, I have like I I don't think I've ever made it past two weeks in the FBL Cup. I always end up playing someone from like Bulgaria who has like you know, the eighth highest score of that game week and like yeah. in week two. Uh, what's the farthest you've ever made it in the FBL Cup? Uh, maybe four weeks. Uh, maybe <laughs> exactly. four weeks, and I was just really riding my luck every step yeah. of the way. A five million person head to head. Like there's, there's a lot of luck involved. It's strange timing too because I always associate the cup with being at home with my parents for Christmas and. I, I feel like nine out of ten times I'll know I'll see that I got knocked out of the cup while uh, in my parents' house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who yeah, that, that, away. That's true. I'm always it's it's like it's often an afterthought. I'm like, oh, I had a crappy week, and then I'm like, oh, and I'm out of the cup too. Oh, come on. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's take a break. Before we do, uh, just one last thing. Uh, Football Survivor, our Patreon Survivor League. We're down to three people, Brandon. The three people who picked Leicester to win. Uh, Palace and Arsenal were the um, – we knocked out our the other three. Um, so Toffee Breath, Hugh Paw, and Rick1985 are the final three managers. Wow. Uh, that and the winner gets to come on the podcast. So that's, that's great getting down and dirty here. It's a huge gift. And that, that Leicester game was a real nail-biter for all those guys, I'm sure. It was down to the wire. Yeah, what would have happened if all six of them had been knocked out? We have had, had six people on the podcast, just an endless... No survivors. We've already, we've already promised like a half dozen people to have them on the podcast at some point. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. impossible. it's impossible. The problem is, okay, listen, I, we, I, we will have more guests on the podcast. I, it's good to break things up. It's, you know, people don't want to hear the same voices all the time. I do get that. First of all, I like talking to you and, you know, it's hard to find the right person. You know, sometimes it doesn't work. You know, sometimes it does. Um, it's, it can be a little tricky with the time, I will say. Just you know, um, uh, I've got a, my my kid is basically screaming from like six a.m. to seven p.m. So <laughs> really, I should just actually just come over to your house. I mean, you and I should just record. We, we should call somebody else. That'd yeah, really my good. wife doesn't mind. She enjoys your company. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. We've known each other for about ten years now. Uh, all right, so let's uh, take a break, and we'll be back in just a moment. Same old podcast, always cheating. We're back, Josh, and all the questions that we're getting this week relate to uh, budget players, more or less, what we're now dubbing the always cheapies. And we've got a lot of uh, players who are coming into form, like Charlie Austin, uh, Mounier at Huddersfield uh, scored another brace, coming back with style. So we want to talk about forwards, midfielders, defenders, people who are sort of uh, plugging the holes. Uh, maybe you're ex- you've experienced injuries in your squad or you have somebody uh, who's just not pulling their weight that you need to dump for another budget player. So uh, you laid out some stats here in our running order, Josh, and we're going to get started with uh, forwards. So who do we like? In the uh, forward realm of always cheapies, we pulled out these three particular players. Everyone's favorite uh, art experiment, dominant Calvert Lewin. Uh, <laughs> That's right. And I, I, I want to stay say for the record, I was the first on board with Dominic. It must have been like game, it almost game week three. It almost, sh- it almost shouldn't count because you'd never ever start him. <laughs> yes. <But. it's- laughs> yeah, that's fair. You, that's somehow, fair. like you only you only get the points when. You've, okay, and I'm not making fun here, but it's just like you've, you've had very bad luck with DCL. I feel like is yeah, that, like when he gets like an assist or something, somehow like he's like you know none of your all of your starters play. Yeah, uh, but then when he like when you have like a defender who you know can't play for some reason or whatever, and he comes in, it's sixty um, minutes and on a one pointer from DCL. <laughs> right, exactly. Players like players like this, and this is where budget players get really you know crazy making is that is often the case. You just don't know when to take them off the bench. Yep, that's yeah. true. And I, so, I kept them on the bench myself this week, and I, 
Um, it cost me four points. So yeah, definitely. Uh, so yeah, we yeah. So as you, as you mentioned, Brandon, uh, Mounier uh, versus Charlie Austin versus Dominic Cupboard Lewin. There's there are other options too. There's um, you know, I think Tammy Abraham. Uh, I don't think either of us are really believers in Callum Wilson, not because I don't respect him as a player. Okay, there's two reasons. One is I think he's rotation prone. The other one is Bournemouth are about to play Man United, Liverpool, and Man City. Terrible. Next three fixtures. Terrible run of fixtures. Um, it gets better after that. So I'm I'm in a situation with, with Daniels now where I wonder if I just if I just write it out, you know, if I just put him on my bench for – for t- I don't want to burn a transfer to drop him necessarily. Right, particularly um, when you've t- got guys like Mbemba and Chalaba that you could resolve in the meantime. Exactly, and I've got West Ham ever. So, uh, so okay, so the the holiday fixtures are it's game weeks 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, and 22. Those are the six game weeks that we're, that we're talking about here. So, yeah, if you can get past the first three, then game weeks 20 through 22, you've got West Ham, Everton, uh, Brighton, a very good run of fixtures. Yeah, uh... Anyway, I don't know how you started to talk about Charlie Daniels. Anyway, so all right, so okay, it's it's kind of interesting to compare the three of these, and in some ways, in some ways, you really can't compare them um, because they're very different players. Um, you know, so Calvert Lewin is um, kind of like he's played in different positions. I mean, I'm actually looking at his heat map right now. I mean, he's sort of. His heat map looks like someone like Dally Alley or something like that. It's more of like a winger's heat map. Yeah, he, um, he, he definitely started out wide um, against Liverpool and then slowly sort of as the shape changed, as the system changed, when Nias came Nias off dropped, at halftime, yeah. he moved into the middle. Right, exactly. So he's, but he is playing a lot. I mean, of these three players, he's the one who's played, you know, 90 minutes the last few games. because It does seem like he's found... Um, you know, some security there with uh, with Allardyce. I think Allardyce, you know, likes the way he fits into his team. He's a um, trustworthy he, he's a trustworthy player. The stat that everyone yep. was talking about this past week was that he has won the most aerial duels of anyone in the Premier League through this point in the season. You could see yep. that um, in spades against Liverpool. All the balls that they lumped up to him, he at the very least, he's getting his head on them. And Lukaku can't can't say the same. And, you know, one out of one out of every two times, he's keeping possession for Everton. So, a guy like Allardyce is going to really respect somebody who's able to hold the ball up like that. Even with like, yeah. he's got kind of a small frame too. I'm really impressed that he's able to maintain yeah. that much control. He's young. I, he might fill out a little bit too. I mean, I think he's about like 21 or something like that. So he is, um, yeah. And he's also the cheapest of all these options. He's 5.2 million. Uh, Charlie Austin. He'll probably be 5.3 by the time this podcast goes up. Right. So yeah, he's five. Maybe he's 5.3 when the podcast goes up. Um, Austin is 6.1 as of as of this recording. Um, so the, the thing about Calvin Lewin is you could probably start him if you needed to in four of the next five fixtures pretty comfortably. Uh, they play Newcastle, Swansea, West Brom, and Bournemouth in four of the next five. Uh, the other two matches are difficult. It's Chelsea, Man United, but they are home fixtures. So it's certainly possible he could do something, right? Even just draw another foul in the box. Seems like he's pretty good at that. Yeah, I mean, let's in, in fairness to DCL, let's talk about um, the Liverpool match versus the match they played last week against Huddersfield. Um, Everton... Allardyce didn't try to do anything against Liverpool. They were very fortunate um, in DCL drawing that follow against Lovren. But he looked so good against Huddersfield. Goal and assist, was smart on the ball. There was great attacking play. So we've seen one game so far with Allardyce in charge where he went for it attacking-wise. Granted, they were at home against one of the worst teams. 
But um, I don't know if we can judge future DCL performances on how they played against Liverpool. Because, um, yeah. like you're saying, like better fixtures coming up, I think we'll still see better from DCL too. Yeah, and okay, so let's move on to, and I think really it's it's Austin and DCL that I'm really interested in. Um, well, yeah, yeah. Well, how, how does yeah. Mounier make Mounier. it onto this list? Because you know no, he's, just, he's he picked up he picked up a brace over the weekend. He's he's five point seven. Uh, nobody owns him, right? I well, mean, he he's, hasn't he's been t- playing at all. I mean, he finally he broke he, back into the starting lineup just long, this game. Long term injury, though, right? I mean, it's yeah. a long term injury. Yeah. F- finally makes his way back on the team and picks up a brace. I mean, I think that that probably indicates that he's he's going to. I don't know. Isn't maybe, he maybe, like their know, most expensive uh, transfer of all time at Huddersfield? Something something like that. I'm not sure. I feel like Aaron Moy cost a lot when they when they bought him too. But yeah, maybe maybe he's up there. Um, yeah, he's up there for sure. Um, and yeah, I think that he's. I, I mean, I actually just I liked him a lot the first few weeks of the season. Right before he before he went down with an injury, he was a player that I think a lot of us were looking at as a. Uh, you know, as a third striker, as <laughs> sure. a cheap third striker. And uh, speaking uh, of speaking of art projects, his his uh, replacement Laurent Deporte, or however you say his last name, the craziest yeah. hair plugs you ever hope to see. <laughs> it, it, like like he puts Wayne Rooney to shame. His crazy yeah. like uh, vertical hair plugs. They weren't exactly tearing up the league with their goals uh, when when they weren't playing Mounier. So I, I I do think his his starts are secure. I mean, okay. my, the, the concern there is more about the team itself. Yeah. Uh, and whether you know he'll have enough chances. I mean, the two goals he scored were both kind of lucky goals. I don't know if you've seen the, the highlights of them. I did, yeah, and uh, agreed with your assessment there. Uh, so of the three, I mean, the one just in a vacuum that I like the most is Charlie Austin, right? I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, he is. I mean, like, talking about heat maps. I mean, look at his with just a giant red spot in the in the box. Where yeah, he just he's getting the ball out. right where you want your striker to get it. He's a, and he's a great header of the ball. You saw that great against header, Everton. Yeah. I mean, they weren't marking him at all in those goals, but he. Of these three guys, probably has the most clear-cut goal-scoring instinct that we've that yeah that he. And, and you've had Austin in your team in the past, right? He's yeah. If if enjoying having a player in your team matters to you at all, he is like the most fun player you can have, right? Yeah. Because he's never that expensive. So your hopes are never usually that tied up in him, uh, but he's cr- insanely aggressive and he gets the ball constantly. He'll he'll come back. He'll find like he'll get the ball and he'll bring it up too, right? He's like. He's just a very like aggressive. He's just a fun player, um, and you know, and yeah, natural natural goal scorer. I mean, really could have had you know two or even three goals in in today's match. Um, you know, the problem with Austin is he's a little more expensive than these two, uh, about a million more than um, the Dominic Copperlo, maybe point eight. Um, and his fixtures are a total mixed bag, right? They play Leicester and Huddersfield at home, uh, two of the next three, but then they play Chelsea, Spurs, and Man United away. Um, in three of the next five, right? So game two, then uh, two weeks from now they play Chelsea, and then they play Tottenham, and then they play Man United away. Um, followed by Chris Palace at home. So it's like there's there's really the good with the bad. And if if those difficult fixtures were at home, um, I might feel differently. But because they're all away, it kind of gives me pause with Austin. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. And I would be shocked if Gabby Adini doesn't get one start during the festive period. I mean, no. Not that you couldn't stand to have your third striker like we're going to do with Dominic Calvert-Lewin rested or benched on your FPL side like once or twice or three times during the festive fixture. But uh, that's that's something that gives me slight pause. 
But I, I think if they say we just had like a standard run of fixtures with Charlie Austin where they were just playing every Saturday, no midweek of, of any kind. I feel like the way he's playing now, the way Southampton look, he'd just be nailed on. He'd be starting every match. But uh, they'll, they'll probably right. have to monitor his fitness. If I were to put a, a, a button on this, I think if you if you're looking for a cheap striker that you can primarily keep on the bench, uh, Calvert Lewin's your pick. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for a striker that's going to get you some like could possibly get you some pretty big returns, um, and you have a little extra money, then Austin is the pick. And if you just want to be different and you're maybe you're trying to make up ground in your league, then Mooney is the pick. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And a lot of these budget questions, right, they all come down to how much money do you have and what other problems do you <laughs> yeah. have to solve? Like, just, who, Yeah, just just bring in Murata, guys. Come on. Yeah, what's, what's, what's the, the problem? <laughs> Don't have Kane? Uh, I guess I would take Kane over Charlie Austin. Not a big deal. All right, midfielders. I uh, got a lot of good questions here about midfielders. And so there's there's really some issues here. There's kind of two two big problems, I'd say. Uh, one is that it looks like Aaron Ramsey's going to be out for about three weeks with a hamstring injury. So a uh, real problem there for Year of the hamstring. And the worst possible time, right? Those three weeks are – there's six fixtures in three weeks. Yeah. So, um, you know, the question for Arsenal is does – you know, does that turn into uh, – does Jack Wilshire go into that role or is there somebody else? Is it is it a mix of different players? I'm just um, – I'm, I'm having a stomach ache now just thinking of, about the fact that I had Alex Awobi in my, in my FPL <laughs> team on. in game week one. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Uh, FPL Booster asked uh, who to bring in for Ramsey, a Stoke mid, Wilshire, or Siggy. Now, I don't know – I just I cannot advocate for Wilshire on this podcast for two reasons. Uh, one is I don't think he's going to get consistent starts. Yeah. Um, the second one is he's not really a natural goal scorer. I know he scored a goal in the Europa League a couple days ago, but he is not. Um, he's just you know, Aaron Ramsey can score and pick up assists, and that has never been Wilshire's game, right? Yeah, right. Um, and I think I would someone like when someone like Shakiri is available at, at a very reasonable price. I feel like he's really. He's really he's really one of the ones I'd look at. And so let, let's talk a little bit about some of the midfield options that are available right now. Because yeah. um, another person that uh, da- uh, Daniel B on the Slack had a question for us. He said, uh, "You know, is Lingard starting to look like an option as a cheap fourth or uh, fourth or fifth uh, midfielder? Um, he's consistently starting, even with Marshall and Ra- um, and Rashford. Um, and there's also so just a there's three different people we're talking about here. Um, a couple questions about Richarlison. Uh, so Will McLaverty says, uh, Wilson for Charlison. Uh, Jeff Petter asks, Richarlison has run his course. Uh-huh. So, all right, so we've got, we've got Richarlison. We've got, I don't know. No, I'm confused. Basically, we're going to talk about <laughs> Lingard and Richarlison. we got Ramsey a whole a mess others, of okay? midfielders here. It's like, yeah, I, if you turn off the podcast right now, I, I do understand. All right, so let's... <laughs> So what do you think about Richarlison? Let's start with him. Yeah, okay. So I'll say this for Richarlison, and, and this is you know slightly skewed because I am a Richarlison owner, so I'm going to put a positive spin on it. But So I was watching the Spurs match on the main screen, and then I was doing a bit of the goal rush. So I was just getting the highlights of the Watford match. While Richarlison doesn't do anything, he is still at the center of almost every attacking move that Watford has going forward. Um, he has not had good finishing or good fortune in the last few weeks. That's for sure. Yeah. But I think he's not a good finisher. He's he's still getting on the ball, and I think that counts for so much. Like we're saying, we had this whole mess of midfielders to sift through. Richarlison is nailed, 
He's young, healthy, he's nailed, and he is getting all these touches in and around the box. What what more do I want from a 6.6? Third, <laughs> I don't know, third, but fourth. you are... He has had some tough fixtures, too. So I think that that's, that's a factor as well. Um, yeah, Lingard has... Uh, so he started the last three. I mean, he hasn't even played the full 90 in any of those three, but he has picked up three goals and, and, and one assist in the last uh, three matches. I do think that he is... Um, what I love about Man United, uh, you know, a player like him, Man United, is um, fixtures are so good moving forward. Um, they play uh, Bournemouth, West Brom, Leicester, Burnley, Southampton uh, in the next five. Um, really all through the holidays, right? I mean, you have to go into the end of January before you find a fixture that's really kind of scary and yeah. that's, that spurs away. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they might win five or, you know, they might win five of their next six games. Yeah. And, um you know, Lukaku will probably start picking up goals again, and we're all going to have to consider whether we want to bring him in. It's going to make me sick because <laughs> I was like, do you ever see Big Fish, Brandon? Yeah, that's the, the, Tim, the Tim Burton movie with uh, Ewan yeah, McGregor. Exactly. Okay. And there's, that, there's that scene at the end where the, like, the kid, is you know, he's just so mad at his dad, you know, and he's, and he's like, I, he's like I, I believed in you for so long, so much longer than everybody else. Uh, and that's why I feel about Lukaku. Was like I, I held on to him so much longer, <laughs> and so when I finally let go, I was like, "This is over, man! Like we are, Josh Landon and Romelu Lukaku are broken up. Wow. Like, this is this is not no a thing. backsliding, <laughs> no backsliding." Uh, so I'm definitely not going to bring him in like anytime soon. Um, but I mean, Bournemouth, West Brom. If you still have Lukaku, you, you can't get rid of him now. Yeah, and I mean, this this was my worry so about bringing um, the United backup keeper in. I'm losing. I've got, like a lot of people, I'm just really sort of licking my lips, thinking about Pogba as an option in the, in uh, two weeks' time. So well, yeah, you were talking about Lingard too. It sounded like you were, mm. or no, it was it was Richarlison that you were kind of licking your lips over. You really, I want all these. Love- I want all these guys, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Lingard doesn't Lingard doesn't interest me um, as a player as an FPL asset. Uh, he's had he's had a couple of couple of decent runouts. Uh, he didn't look bad to, today against City, but. Um, I don't see the upside there. What about Damari Gray? What's your, what are your thoughts on Damari Gray? Damari Gray is 5.3 million. I think it's great that he's getting his due. I think uh, in Leicester's title winning season, he was he was the super sub, always looks really poised on the ball for for a young player. Um, you know, that goal goals in his last seven. Yeah. I mean, I wish that that goal he scored uh, this weekend wasn't a deflected one, because if it was just a just a clean shot um, in the upper 90, it would have been beautiful, spectacular, undeniable grace straight into my side. But um, somewhat diminished by the the deflection. Um, yeah, I, this Leicester team, I'm not totally sold on. I see Mares's price is going up um, tonight. And I'm kind yeah. of taken aback. I mean, he's Mares has has had decent returns for the first uh, 15 weeks. Yeah. It's not not been bad, but 8.4 for a yeah. Leicester team that we're not quite sure what's going to happen week to week. Brandon, those price changes took place as I recorded. He's now 8.5. It's already happened. Oh no! Did I miss uh, my Did I miss my Rob <laughs> Elliott move? That's your moment. Uh, so we'll see if the, yeah we'll see if the Elliott move actually went through in a second here. Um, Mares though, I mean nine six and nine in the last three. Here's the here would be the argument for bringing in Mares maybe as a like Sane swap. Let's say 
he's going to play every single game, right? Like they know, they know they're losing him. They know they're not going to win the league this year. There's no reason not to play him. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the only reason not to bring him in as a fantasy asset is because his price is high and his haircut's stupid. Right. <laughs> and if you can get past those two things, he's, he's only owned by 5.5% of all, of all managers. Uh-huh. Uh, he's on 84 points in this. And he's actually had quite, quite a sneaky good season. I mean, four goals and seven assists. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, he's already, he already has three more assists than he had last season. Yeah. Uh, that was probably one so, of my loudest, swears in the house this weekend is when watching that Mares run and goal. That was probably top swear this weekend from me. Uh, like out of joy? Or it like was just, yeah, it was just like, uh, that was spectacular swear. Yeah. yeah, it was, it was, it was an amazing, like it was such a nice goal. Um, yeah, it was, you kind of knew it was going to happen before. Like it was like, yeah. he took it like, you're like, oh, he's going to score on this. Yeah. Like he just had that like moment where he was like, I'm just going to, Try harder than all the defenders mm-hmm. that are in front of me. <laughs> you remember when Fox put the microchip in the hockey puck, so you, yeah. you could you could track the hockey puck easy around the uh, the hockey rink. Like this is yeah. re- red dot, and then when somebody would shoot it, there would it would leave a streak behind. I feel like that this is the Fox uh, hockey puckification of of Mares <laughs> with his haircut. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that, you're right. He's he's like yeah. It's, it, I, it's and, and there's like a little like Super Saiyan thing going on too. I guess. <laughs> yeah. So okay, so we like we like um, I like Gray. We like Demari. We like Gray. We like I like his price a lot. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think he's as a fifth as a fifth mid. I don't. Yeah, you know, he might be a little rotation risky. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Shakiri is the one that I wish I had on my team right now. If I if I were if I were looking to drop Aaron Ramsey, I think Shakiri is the player that I would look at. Um, he's not a very sexy pick. I feel like he's, you know, he's 6.1 million. Um, and he already has, uh, more goals or actually he has as many goals. As he had all of last season. He already has three more assists. Um, not only that, but the run of fixtures for Stoke is, is quite good. They play, they play Burnley away, which is okay. Not a great fixture. Um, but then they play West Ham, West Brom, both at home, Huddersfield away. Um, and then they play Newcastle at home, um, in game week 22. So, uh, they do play Chelsea away in game week 21, but five of those six fixtures, um, certainly four of those six fixtures are excellent. And he's another player kind of like Mares, where he's just going to play every game. There's no reason not to play <laughs> Shakiri. Yeah. Like you're not, you're not saving him for something, you know, just, you just run him out every week yep. and, you know, see what he can do. Yeah. The Sigurdsson shout um, from the question earlier confuses me because I'm not convinced that Sigurdsson even touched the ball in the Merseyside derbies. He's yeah. just been remarkably invisible this entire season. Yeah. I think the player, if, if we're talking in that seven to eight range, I think the player that's that's intriguing is um, is Son. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Who, you look um, at, at, yeah. at where Deli Ali is not getting anything done. Son is taking that opportunity yeah. to to do it. I, I do like that you, shout. You just have to accept with Son that he is going to miss some games. He's just not he's not going to start some matches. And if you can accept that risk and not like flip out when he doesn't start, <laughs> which is gonna happen, right? Because he already let's see, how many games has he not started this year? One, two, three, four, five, uh, six, seven you know, so seven of the 16 matches this season, he has not started, yeah, right? Right. So was it like 40%? Mm-hmm. Um, he'll probably start more in a row now because he's in, he's in good form. He's, he's kind of, he's, he's one of those players that gets in really good form. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll pick up double-digit returns for, you know, three games in a row or something like that. And he wants um, to score goals like nobody. I mean, the only person on that team who wants it more is Harry Kane, but it's, yeah. he's, he's got a hunger. Yeah, uh, Anthony Anthony Marshall. Um, we had a question on Twitter about Marshall. I, I don't know. I just don't. I mean, the fixtures are good for Man United. I guess 
I just as soon have Lingard, right? For sure. For you know, yeah. almost three million cheaper. Yep. Um, has anyone else intrigued you here? I mean, okay, so you're still well, on Richarlison, yeah. But just straight up, if you had, let's say you had seven million to spend, and no more than that um, to replace Aaron Ramsey. Let's, let's say you had eight million to spend. No, let's say seven point five. Because yeah. I want, I want to, I want to take Son and um, Marshall out of the category. Who would you spend your money on to replace Ramsey? Yeah, I mean, I think you're, I think you're spot on with Shakiri there. Six point one, really great value in that price bracket. Sermon is at, at Bournemouth does stand out because if we're talking about value 4.8 and he's come away this season with two goals and four assists two assists in the last two game weeks he's nailed on 90 minutes uh i just wish that bournemouth were a slightly better team and had much better fixtures yeah i think you're it'd be worth it to pay a little more i'd rather have damari gray or um, especially if you're replacing Ramsey, you've got the money. So I, I would look at Shakiri or Lingard. You know, Lingard is yeah. um, the only you know the reason to look at. Well, I think Shakiri is a little more explosive. Um, I think he offers more goal and yeah. and more assist threat. Yeah, I mean, um, but let's be clear: Stoke are terrible, but they have a terrible <laughs> you know they're terrible defensively, and yeah. they've been leaking goals, but they've shown some decent prowess going forward. Shakiri is just gearing up for the World Cup, right? He's just like that—that's what he. That, this season is just like gearing up. Yeah, for, that's for the this World is Cup the only him. the only reason we're talking about Shakiri is because he had a really great World Cup four years <laughs> <Yes>. ago. So <laughs> exactly, um, isn't it crazy that Switzerland have qualified for four consecutive World Cups? By the way, <laughs> yeah, who knew? But we think you know Chopa Modine is he—he he is a forward, but for a forward, he doesn't really touch the ball a lot. You know, he's sort of. Um, he feel like he, I'm surprised he doesn't use his head more often. He's, he's pretty tall. He's too unselfish. Yeah, he actually is kind of too unselfish, isn't he? And Pascal he's, he's Gross, like, like, uh, I'm sorry. He's Go like Colossal. I was going to say he's like Colossinic. Like Colossinic, man, shoot on goal more yeah. often. He's always laying it off to somebody. <laughs> uh, last, I guess we had to point out Pascal Gross and Bright- sure, Brighton sure. along with Gross, just like a, a heinous dip in form. Yeah, And exactly. I'm glad I got off of Gross when I did. It looks like his best days are behind him. I'm sure he'll come good can... on, an, on occasional game weeks coming up and you'll he'll probably get a decent amount of playing time during the festive fixtures not advocating you dump him if you've got bigger problems to solve but i think brighton is is on the stay away from list at the moment yeah it's it's not you it's your team pascal gross (laughs) all right it brings us to the final categories uh this is gonna be like a three-hour podcast uh defenders uh great first question uh, Harbuzi one. Uh, this is another Slack question, Brandon. Uh, says Love that uh, repl- Slack. Re- replacement for alwayscheating.com. Uh, Patreon.com slash alwayscheating. Uh, replacement for Mamadou Sako. Nailed on. Doesn't get injured. Has good fixtures. That's all I want. Five million or less would also be a bonus. So, Brandon, if you need to replace Sako, this is kind of like the uh, Aaron Ramsey question. Who are you looking at? Who's your Who's your Sako replacement? Okay, so you told me to look at the questions before we recorded, and yep. I came to this question, and I was like, oh, that's a pretty easy one. Just pull up the old uh, season ticker, uh, look down the list of teams, the teams that have nailed on central defenders and good runs of fixtures, <laughs> and uh, man... Yeah. Hard to find anyone it's to recommend tough. here. I mean, going back, we were just talking about Brighton, and you know, Duncan Duffy are kind of the the ultimate um, budget bench defenders this season. Yeah, sadly, yeah. they they don't do anything except drop clean sheets and score own goals. And you look <laughs> at their fixtures coming up, pretty decent. I mean, they have Spurs 
in midweek, but then two home fixtures in a row against Burnley and Watford, then uh, away to Stamford Bridge, uh, but then it, it brightens up again with Newcastle and Bournemouth. So um, these guys are nailed, right? Shane Duffy is due a goal off of a set piece, so I keep saying, everyone keeps hoping. Um, I think <laughs> yeah. I think it will happen, but uh, yeah. I, that that, that does fulfill concern, the requirement. Though. Yeah, I think um yeah, I think that uh I think I think Tarkovsky is still a player that you could look at. Yeah, I, um, I yeah, I have to yeah. I I wish we knew who this guy had because yeah, I think first and foremost Burnley is Burnley is yeah. the start set and forget start every week 4.5 defender. Yeah, it's it's tough, you know, because obviously, you know, Ben Me looks like he's going to be back at midweek. Um you might as well just pay a little less and and get Tarkovsky. Um I don't think that I, I don't know. I mean, some people feel differently than me about me. I mean, I know the underlying stats indicate that he might have a little more goal threat. I haven't really seen it. Um, just the way he heads the ball, I've never really been <laughs> that impressed with. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, th- so they've lost um, uh, they've lost Loughton and they lost me and they stuck up a clean. I mean, their, their defensive approach is, is really a collective approach, and it seems like they can really um, you know they can kind of slot slot people in as as needed. I mean, Long played in central defense for the first time this season, and he picked up a bonus point. So, um, yeah, I think that, um, yeah, I look at Burnley, um, uh, maybe, you know, John Joe Kenny, um, at Everton is an interesting option, right? He's 4.3 million. Yep. Uh, they play, you know, Newcastle, Swansea, West Brom, Bournemouth. Um, looks like he, I don't want to say nailed cause you know, he's a young player. Well, I, I can, might, I can say a little bit. Yeah. I could say this. I was on Reddit earlier today and some Ever- Everton fans on the FPL Reddit thread, we're saying, yeah, Kenny is so long as Coleman is out, Kenny's got that spot locked down. There, there may be other Everton fans listening who might quibble with that, but it seems like some Everton fans are saying Kenny is a go, go for it. What about uh, if you had a little more money? If you could do five point four million, would you? Could you bring in Chris Smalling? Would you be able to stomach it, Brandon? Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. I mean, no, nobody likes Chris Smalling. Uh, he's he's a sure. doofus. Um, everything about him is, is just strange. Um, his, his goatee is, is, is peculiar. Uh, um, but yeah, United are great for clean sheets. And, uh, if you can afford him and you want to get into, get into that whole mess, do it. Yeah. It's, it's hard to know who you'd advocate for in the, um, United defense right now outside of De Gea. You've got Phil Jones, who supposedly is back, but uh, didn't even make the squad today. Um, you know, just with Jones, like, do you really want to deal with that, right? No. Like, do you want to deal with the Jones? Not thing? right now. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, you know, Marcus Rojo, uh, just not this is a walking you know, yellow card. Okay. Yeah, subbed off at halftime, um, possibly with an injury. Um, so Smalley, I guess, is the best option. I mean, my concern is that when when Bayi is back and if Jones starts playing again. Um, does Smalling lose a spot? I mean, I, I guess those guys can play together if they play three at the back. Um, mm-hmm. I think by Smalling is maybe worth the risk at five point four million. I actually have enough money that I could I could move Daniels to um, to Smalling, which which is kind of tempting. But I think I'm just not, I'm just not going to deal with it. But I, yeah. I I I have a lot of concern about not having any Man United defensive coverage over the next few game weeks. And the pro there is you're spending five point four on a on one of the best defenses in the league. Smalling falls out of favor, falls out of the starting eleven. You've got five point four to spend in your defense, and and as we're discussing, there are options there if you have that much money. 
Um, you could you could be looking at Christensen if he's still that cheap. You could turn Smalling into Christensen at some point if that became a worry. Uh, all right, what about West Ham? It's an interesting option to know. They they play Arsenal at midweek, but after that they're they're way to Stoke, home to Newcastle, away to Bournemouth. Yeah, uh, uh, they do have a blank in game week twenty one because that double game week though. Yeah, Lanzini was one guy we didn't talk about in the midfield section. That is. Um, you know, uh, slightly intriguing. It's nice to see that West Ham are playing a little bit better under David Moyes, yeah. but their defense is, is so creaky, and I don't trust it. I'm not terribly interested in it at the moment. The the Lanzini problem is like one of those if you played the FPL game for too long. Yeah, like it's just like I have I've never had him at the right time. Yeah. You know, like I've always had him for the four game stretch where he doesn't like even start. And West Ham, West Ham never delivers one assist and four fixtures. Yeah, West Ham, they just never deliver on double game weeks. Is the problem? I think Lanzini burned a lot of people like two seasons ago. Masawaku at four point four million, though. I mean that that is tempting. He started the last four games. He's got a lot of attacking threat. I don't know if you saw any of the West Ham game this weekend, but I did. He he's kind of dangerous, and I think that. 4.4 4.4 million. I mean, I might be looking at my uh, my replacement for Mbemba right there. Yeah, I like it. Um, I like it. I mean, you like any anybody who plays on a bad defense, they have to have attacking threat. So uh, there you have it. Uh, that's a good. That's a good buy. Yeah. All right. So that, there's there's the, that long winded response is maybe Masawaku, maybe Tarkovsky. Should we mention? Uh, I, should we mention Watford oh, defense real quick? Do you are you a sure. thumbs up, thumbs down on Watford defense? They haven't kept like any clean sheets. Uh, they have a lot of intriguing yeah. players, but on the whole, not good for points. It's kind of hard to know which defender to bring in. You know, they're. I mean, they're, like, they they all get rotated a lot. I mean, I guess Cavaselli. Seems to play. I, I could even like pick these guys out of a lineup, yeah. right? Outside of, outside of Holobos and, and I guess Mariapa. Mariapa like surprisingly consistent in terms of. I mean, he started the last five matches. He's four point one million. Um, I mean, Palace, Huddersfield, Brighton, Leicester, Swansea in the next five. Um, Gomez at four point five million. I guess if you had enough money to yeah. spend a little more on an Elliott replacement. Ziegler um, was the guy until the red card because he, <laughs> he was, was looking really tasty. Lots of great yeah, wing play, uh, two assists in one yeah. game week. But uh, no, sorry, by Ziegler. He he pulled a Britos. Yeah. Yep. See you on Boxing Day. <laughs> Uh, all right, Brandon. So that's we're gonna. I'm gonna cut the defensive section short here. Uh, sorry, Dad. We had a lot of other questions, but we're just gonna we're gonna move on here. So uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Same old podcast, it's time to talk about our friends at Starting Eleven, the daily fantasy app for the Premier League that is available for your iPhone and your Android. Josh, I spent a lot of time this weekend watching Premier League alone, but. I wasn't truly alone because I was also playing starting 11. This is totally not scripted, by the way. I'm just making this up as I <laughs> it go. <sounds> scripted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go on. <laughs> I was playing. I, I had friends in the starting 11 app who I was uh, playing in real time with um, while watching Premier League fixtures. Because the cool thing you can do with starting 11 is you have no budget. You kind of set... A, a squad with whoever players from any team that's playing on that particular day, any any day where there are at least two Premier League matches, you can play starting eleven. So uh, and then and then as you're watching the game, you can make live substitutions with your squad as the action unfolds. So uh, we at Always Cheating, me and Josh, we're accepting head-to-head challenges from all of our listeners. If you want to download the Starting Eleven app. 
um, do it, then hit us up on a direct message, Twitter, Facebook, email us at hailcheaters at gmail.com. And we'd love to play against you at starting 11. And uh, right. sorry, go ahead. Oh, and I was going to say, I mean, the, the way to, you know, the way to find out if you uh, if you like it or not or what it is, is, you know, it's, we can describe it, you know, forever on the podcast. But just to you know, play it once, you get a feel for it. And as I mentioned before, I am. Uh, I am just drinking beer and watching games and recovering from my my oyster hangover uh, this Wednesday. So uh, hit me up and uh, I'll play anybody, uh, and you can get a chance to you know try it out and it's free. Um, so you can see if it's uh, if it's something you want to do. Yeah, there's a demo video at starting11.io. That's starting11.io. Get a little brief. Um introduction to the app or go back into the soundcloud archives of always cheating and we have a special bonus pod interview with co-founder thomas braun where he walks through the finer details of of the thinking behind starting 11 i think they have some announcements new features for the app that are coming up soon so stay tuned to always cheating for more Yep, exactly. Uh, starting11.io is where you can find out more uh all right yeah so uh, hopefully i'll see you guys on wednesday you know, online. <laughs> Part two, Josh. It's lightning round time. We have more questions to answer from the Slack channel, from Twitter. Our listeners have questions. We have 100% correct answers, as you uh, so often offer on your advice shop on Twitter, Josh. That's right. Someone got very mad at me for uh, for advocating. He was asking, he was asking if he made a good move, and it involved Ziegler. And then when the red card came, he like was like, "Why? Why did you tell me that was a good move?" And I was like, "I can't predict <laughs> a two two footed challenge like that. <laughs> I'm not I'm not God, uh, even though I like to pretend I am when I answer those questions." Uh, Safia says, "Triple captain, triple captain and Kane in the upcoming double game week. Yes or no?" Uh, to me, it seems like we're unlikely to get a better chance this year. Players like Sanchez, Aguero, Salah, Lacazette are all way more prone to rotation than Kane. Um, uh, in some of those cases, that's true. Uh, so no point waiting until April to see what we get. Now, Brandon, uh, we're going to talk about this at length uh, in the coming weeks. But just your, what's your gut instinct right now um, in this lightning round section of the podcast? Do you think that you'll be triple captaining Kane no. in game week 22? No, I will not. Because you got burned last year, right? I got burned on the early triple captain on Aguero last year. I think I only walked away with one goal and then um, just a terrible, gross performance against Stoke City, who we have like talked about weirdly a lot this episode of the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. It's fantasy, not real life. Yeah. I think we're all kind of anxious for a little juice. It's been a tough season. We want something fun and positive to dwell on and think about. I think that's why we're discussing the possibility of triple captaining Kane. But the fact is, is his, his form and the form of that Spurs team has been dipping in and out. And uh, I, I'm not totally trusting of him. And I want to see what else is on offer with other double game weeks coming up. What about you? Yeah, I, it's just hard for me to pull the trigger on the triple captain. I mean, um, you know, I think there's I've already heard some some very compelling arguments for it. I mean, to me, you know, you often do get. I mean, the the, the rationale for triple captaining, you know, um, Sergio Aguero last season, kind of early on, was well, we'll never get another chance again. Uh, and it turned out that I had a chance to triple captain Harry Kane with two, you know, extraordinarily good feature uh, fixtures. I think I picked up four goals and an assist with that triple captain. Yeah, um, so it was like seventy five And all four of those goals were in one game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but it was amazing. I think like three of them were in the second half. Uh, so, you know, I, I do think that, um, I just, you know, maybe it's just, if you, you know, 
play the game in a less emotional way, then then maybe there is a logic argument for it. But I don't want to spend the next 15 weeks worried about what triple captains might be able to get played. Uh, I just feel like I've like I kind of like I, I put all my cards on the table a little too soon yeah. if I play it now. Now, let's be clear. Disclaimer. I don't think that always cheating is advocating for just be boring. Follow the herd. Play the triple captain or your wild card later on with, when everybody else does. And and. Uh, We've talked more more about playing an early wild card than an early triple captain. But if you're feeling it, go for it. And, you know, there have been people that have already played their bench boost or their um, their free hit, and they've collected points because of, because of it. I mean, if you feel like the, the numbers are there and feels right to you, uh, I don't I don't think we say you absolutely have to do what everybody else does and wait. That's not the, I think that's not the point of why we're answering the way we are. Yeah, yeah, I think that's. I think that all. Yep. I agree was that with all lightning that. round enough? Uh, an answer for yeah, you? Yeah, it was. Even then, it was a little long. Um, Adam Benjamin, if I was going to transfer out Aguero and I don't want Lukaku and I already have Morata, do I a get a different high price striker? I think the only <laughs> higher price striker is Harry Kane, uh, or do I get a low price striker and move the money into my midfield? Okay, so let me get this straight. Adam wants to get rid of Aguero. Fair, uh, I would you know, too. Yeah, I kind of I kind of misread bullet A there because he just says high price striker, not a doesn't it be higher than Aguero's price? So. Okay, fair enough. Okay, Adam, I'm nothing if not fair. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> yeah, Adam doesn't want Lukaku, which I, I'm also on board with that. Uh, we we're missing one crucial piece of information here, Adam. Do you or do you not have Harry Kane? Um, I think uniformly we've all agreed that Kane and Murata are the the best two strikers to have up front at this point in time. We haven't seen many differentials out there. I mean, I'm, ta- I'm thinking about maybe turning Morata to Firmino, as I discussed earlier. That does seem um, a bit maverick at the moment. Uh, so I think if you already have Kane and Morata, then get rid of Aguero and turn him into a lower price striker and move the money into your midfield. Right. Yep. Uh, yeah. I. Th- I. Yeah. I think so. I, th- there's just so many midfield options, and it, it does feel like there's there's a bit of a template forming in the forward line, but it's it's really just a, it's it's built around Kane and Morata, and I think that third option is kind of a wild card because you're as likely to get points right now. It seems like from from a six point one million Charlie Austin as you are from a eight point five million Jamie Vardy or. Firmino and or so, even Lacazette. Maybe, maybe Firmino a little more, but yeah. even even Lacazette. But Lacazette, so you know, Lacazette. If he were priced like Giroud was last, if he's eight point five million, um, I love Lacazette at ten point five. I just don't feel like I'm getting the kind of returns that I that I need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, next question comes from Peter Olson, who says: So Morata has one attacking return in the last four game weeks, but everybody speaks so highly of him. What are your thoughts? So we've talked a bit about how Morata is in. The attacking template. Do we do we think he's a must own? Uh, yeah. I I mean I, I actually think he's played extremely well. Um, and you know not scoring uh, some goals and you know two of the last three fixtures has, has really come down to a bit of luck or bad luck maybe. Yeah. Um, I mean if Fabianski has a uh, if Fabianski plays more poorly two weeks ago, he probably has a brace in that game. If you could, um, so yeah, on the same the same note, if you compare Murata's recent performances to Lukaku's, 
Murata isn't getting goals, he's still getting chances, and he's taking the chances reasonably well. Either he's missing by fractions, or the shots are being blocked. He still looks good, just like you say. But then you compare him to Lukaku, who's not getting attacking returns. He's not getting opportunities. He can't make his own shot. When he does have an opportunity, he totally fluffs it. So yeah, Murata looks great. I'm not worried about him not getting returns at the moment. The West Ham game was completely understandable. I mean, they you know they they played a midweek Champions League fixture against Atletico Madrid, one of the absolute toughest sides in Europe. You, you, I know they just got knocked out of the Champions League, but nobody wants to play Atletico Madrid. You know, ninety minutes with you know with the heart of that team playing outside of Marcus Alonso, the only guy who didn't play it was kind of a regular in that squad. Um, and then they had to turn around and play the early morning Saturday fixture against a West Ham team that absolutely needed a win. Um, it was just a tough turnaround, and I think. I think West Ham just wanted it more, and um, I think that we'll see. Um, you know, I think we'll see a correction in midweek. I, I, I actually think they're going to destroy Huddersfield. Um, I think that. Uh, I guess maybe there's a little risk about who's going to play for them, which might keep them from captaining their op- their players. But um, I think they're going to win that game like four nothing. Yeah. Uh, just a side note on uh, post match West Ham Chelsea. Um, David Moyes was on the screen, and my wife walks into the room, and she's like, "Who is that? He looks tired." And uh, yeah, Moyes yeah. does look. He looks like the emperor. He looks like Emperor Palpatine now. That like wrinkly <laughs> face. All right. Uh, KGFPL says I still don't own Salah. He says I know uh, and need to buy back Kane. Um, do I bring the both in tonight for a minus twelve? Uh, given their easy midweek fixtures, or I take a minus four to bring one of them now and the other one on Saturday for another minus four? Uh, God, you know, a, a minus twelve. Especially with the midweek fixture where you don't know that they're going to play even. Yeah, um, yeah. I I cannot advocate for a minus 12. You need a lot of things to go right for that not to yeah. really cost you a lot of points. I, took, um, I guess, yeah, of the two, Kane is probably the most likely to start. I took a minus 8 to get midweek. Salah in uh, a couple weeks ago. And it hurt, but I had to do it. So I do feel for you, KG. Like, you see this issue needs to be resolved ASAP particularly with the um, prices potentially on the rise. I would just say watch. Go to fplstatistics.co.uk and monitor their price rising. If it's getting to the point where you're going to lose them and you're not going to be able to afford them after a after a point one uptick, then maybe you have to think a little more strongly about pulling the trigger. But if you can still afford them, after the next game week deadline, then yeah, absolutely. Just do a minus four, minus four. Don't do a minus 12. Yep. Yep. Uh, all right. Next question. Uh, John Talladay, uh, how do you think the teams that do managers will do? Can we expect to see Everton and West Ham uh, climb the table? I like the Alan Pardew's uh, West Brom doesn't even doesn't even pop up on here. I, cannot. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know if we can. I don't know if we can do this in 30 seconds. Um, I think that. Uh, both of them, well, okay, West Ham have responded more positively than I expected. Uh, Everton, I think we all knew that Allardyce would get that sorted out, like, basically instantly. Yeah. Um, Which has turned out to be true. His magical uh, earpiece. (laughs) Right, yeah. Um, Yeah, I kind of hate the way people talk about him sometimes. Like, he, I guess he sets himself up for it because he's so pompous. But, I mean, damn if he doesn't, like... I mean, I don't know, like, who knows what he would look like if you were the manager of Man United or something. I mean, it's it's impossible to even imagine, you know? Yeah, no, it's an interesting question. I do like him. I like his general demeanor. Um, I, I didn't like how his dander got all up about uh, 
Marco Silva, but um, yeah, I like him. I actually want him to come manage the United States men's national team. That is my favorite job for him. Uh, yeah, yeah, that would be. Uh, I really, w- I was really hoping that would. Happen, I can't even actually. think about um, Pardew at West Brom. Like West no, Brom, no. have to be like, what did we just do? <laughs> oh my god! I mean, I understand no that the yet. players just like yeah. stopped flat out playing for Pulis, but. It, I just wonder if they could have gotten over that hump with Pulis. Yeah, it was an overcorrection. Yeah. Uh, you know, because I mean, he's not—he's not really known for his defense. All right, let's. let's yeah, I can't talk about Party either. That's that's a separate. <laughs> uh, Ujan says uh, Odomendi or Christensen. Uh, it's a great question. Odomendi is scoring the goals, but Christensen has overall better games. Yeah. So I thought this this was cut and dry like a week or two ago. I thought it was all all Christensen, but like Otamendi is so attacking right now. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's very good. Uh always present and has a nose for goal on those corners for sure. Do you think these clean sheets are going to start uh, materializing for Chelsea? They've got to, particularly starting with Huddersfield midweek. Yeah, I mean, you know, they uh the Newcastle one was a, a fluke goal in some ways, right? Um, kind of, you know, fell right into, um, I can't remember what the goal score was. No, it fell right into his path. Um, and the goal this week was in the first couple minutes too. I mean, they, you know, they, it's, they haven't been getting, they've dominated both of the two games they've conceded goals in. Yeah. And, um, yeah, this happened a little bit with Man City last year. I remember where they were just, they would, they were dominating matches and then they would just have one little blip it's, where they It's still happening with Man City, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's a, yeah, but I think for them, that's more a function of their style. I think with Chelsea, it's just a, it's more of a blip. I, I do think the yeah. clean sheets are. O- Otamende is probably even more nailed on than Christensen. Um, I mean, it looks like David Luiz might be totally out of the picture at this point, but. Rami Lukaku, like, I can't believe he played two players in on goal this way, whatever you want to call and just the, <laughs> these like hacked clearances like I, what were what was i wonder what the player ratings were for him after this game like were they like negative numbers yeah. it was so, I mean, yeah it was all perfectly set up for lukaku playing at home for his new club to um do something positive in front of the fans in his first local derby there and he had what will be remembered as the worst performance <laughs> he botched like I mean he shot the ball really into the goalkeeper's throat, which was insane. And then he set up the other two goals for City. It's just crazy. He, he almost he almost scored a goal. He set up two goals for Man City and almost scored a goal for them. Uh that's he would have been mad of the match for Man City. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's that's that was tough. Um, t- Tony Irvin says, let's just move on. Uh, sick of Pep and his rotation. No Aguero. Uh, no Aguero again for me. Uh, do I keep him for Swansea away or get rid? I think you've got to keep, keep him for him. Swansea away. I mean, unless him. he's injured. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, it's weird that he didn't play at all, but he, I'm sure he's I'm sure he's back. The way in. Aguero popped uh, up off the bench at the final whistle and he was walking onto the pitch, it didn't look like he's like suffering from anything that uh, you never know. You do know. Phil Jones was like jumping on players' backs <laughs> from team photos in the week and <laughs> wasn't even the squad. Uh, all right, low techers um, is the Chelsea defense we're sticking with. All right, we just answer that. I we think it is. Uh, AM Saturday. Do you think Everton will go through a good spell of games during Christmas? If so, uh, what position is ideal to invest in? So we did talk a little bit. We kind of circled around Everton a little bit uh, this podcast. Um, I think John Joe Kenny is the one player I would look at as a 4.3 million defender. Yeah, it's all about the budget here. Calvert-Lewin and John Joe Kenny seem like the standout picks because they're cheap ways to get into a team that, like, I think AM is right. 
I think we'd all agree, like Everton look like they're on the upswing. So finding a cheap way in there through Kenny and Calvert-Lewin is good. You also mentioned Pickford um, on last week's podcast, which I think is a good shout. If you have an issue with your goalkeeper setup, Pickford could be um, an interesting answer there. Yep, I agree with all that. And I guess I'm just gonna I'm just gonna write it out with Fabianski now. I, I don't know. I don't know what to do there. Oh, okay, yeah. I, it, it feels like a luxury transfer to drop him because you can still get safe points. He will get and, safe points. He's yeah. a decent shot stopper. I mean, the Swansea are terrible, but uh, he, yeah, he's a decent shot stopper. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm not happy about it though. All right, Brendan. Those are uh, that's the lightning round. That's this week's questions. Uh, game week 17 uh, starts up on Tuesday. Uh, we talked a little bit about the transfers we're going to make. Uh, what, what captain options are you looking at for game week 17? All right, so this is catching on. This is catching fire on the internet, Josh. The term "bus team." So we talk a little bit about how we all set our teams for the following game week. Game week, like this weekend, right when the the first whistle blew for Chelsea West Ham, we set our bus team. We walk out that door, yeah. we get hit by a bus, and we're dead. We want people. No, oh, I, no, I don't. No, I don't think dead. I just think in a coma for oh, a week. Okay, thereabouts. Okay. So you're still you're still getting the best possible point score, even even when you're in a coma. So well, because I, I need to reset that team the next week. Yep. You know. Yeah. So if I'm looking at my bus team right now, um, I'm counting on Mo Salah playing. I like the armband on Mo. West Brom are clearly terrible. Liverpool are playing at home. Uh, okay, let's can we can let's lay our cards on the table here, Brandon. Uh-huh. Should we even talk about captains if we're all just going to chicken out and captain Harry <laughs> Kane every game week? <laughs> is there even yeah. is it even worth having a captain discussion if that's what we're going to do every time anyway? Yeah, because uh, it is it's very hard not to captain him uh, away to Brighton. I mean, Brighton have not been playing well, um, or actually, I'm sorry, they're home um, home to Brighton. Um, not in very good form at the moment. Um, I mean, yeah, Brighton can like. You know, they, they played Arsenal pretty tight uh, earlier on in the season when they went to the Emirates. And, uh, I, you know, but, yeah, I think it's a it's a tough one. I think Salah is a good option there, too. I mean, th- those are the two options, right? Anybody else? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I mean any, I, any yeah. Manchester City player that you know is nailed on, sure. good luck with you there. But they're probably going to demolish Swansea, uh, even though yeah, they're— whoever it is. Yeah. And, uh, and Chelsea as well. That's a rotation question. I think Hazard is a great option because I'd be— I'd be shocked if Hazard didn't start midweek, but yeah, I think I think that is yeah, I think Hazard is a great option too. So you, you've got a lot of. I was looking at my my team. I feel very good about my team uh, going into these fixtures. Like it's it's a good week to tinker at the margins because a lot of the a lot of very highly owned players have good fixtures, and so it doesn't feel like there's a scramble to to correct. It's really it really comes down to the captaincy this week, and um, I think in the end, I think I'm and I'm, I'm going to have to captain Harry Kane at home to Brighton because I just. Uh, yeah, um, I won't be able to resist. You know, it's kind of been funny for all of the canguish that we've been experiencing. He still remained the set it and forget it captain. Like uh, we, I, 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 I'm I really think, impressed by the yeah. FPL community how we've all just stuck by Harry Kane through thick and thin, <laughs> and even even yeah. in spite of it all, we keep armbanding him. He's, yeah. Th- yeah I mean, I guess it's because he has three. You know, twenty scoring twenty goals three seasons in a row definitely helps. Uh, I do think also that he he has four goals in his last three matches. I mean, it's not like he's, it's, you know, it's not like he's like you know, just completely out of form. I mean, and he, he scored a Champions League goal during that run as well. So, um, so what's five and six for him? I mean, it's you know perfectly reasonable returns for even a top class striker. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I'm interested to hear everybody's thoughts uh, online. 
hit us up with your captain picks because there are a lot of great options out there. Yeah, maybe we'll, maybe we'll put a poll up on Twitter and just and just see what people are thinking right now, and uh, so you can you can join and check out check it so out. So it there. sounds like your your um, transfer going into midweek is probably going to be to to move out Chalaba. Either Chalaba or Mbemba; those are the two players I'm looking at right now. Yeah. Uh, I think Daniels. I don't. I you know I hate his fixtures moving forward, but um, I think I've got two players who don't really start on my squad. And, you know, we're just about to run into, starting really with these midweek fixtures, a lot of rotation, I think. And uh, I'm just feeling very nervous that I could have a game week where I had like nine or ten starters if I don't start to, you know, fill in these uh, these holes. Yeah. Um, okay. And thinking about we're not going to talk before next weekend, before game week 18. Are there any points we want to hit for the weekend? Uh, maybe it's Man City hosting Spurs. That'll be a really interesting game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, no, it's too far away. <laughs> we'll try to talk about it in the newsletter. <laughs> yeah, subscribe to Cheat Codes, which will come out uh, late Thursday, early Friday. And uh, whatever whatever thoughts we have on Game Week 18, we'll feature then. If there are any uh, great developments in the game or injuries or whatnot, we'll, we'll be sure to highlight those in Cheat Codes. So just go to alwayscheating.com. There's a place on the homepage to sign up or just hit the newsletter tab and, and plug in your email and it'll arrive for free right into your inbox all right brandon well uh yeah thanks for listening to the podcast you can subscribe to the podcast on itunes uh or you can just follow us on soundcloud uh we share it on our facebook and twitter page and if you want to support the podcast during our pledge drive month go to patreon that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash always cheating um i know we're pushing it hard and we'll stop doing that in a couple of weeks but um it is what it is cool we are who we are we are who you thought we were yeah we're just yeah we're not trying to hide anything from you guys we're just we're just shrewd businessmen you know looking <laughs> to make right. a, exactly. looking to make a fast buck yeah uh all right well uh good good luck this weekend brandon and i'll talk to you soon all right i'll see you at oysters buddy all right see you then The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing. But you know better, and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.